Good morning once again, Coyote class. In the very first chapter of The Secret Journey of the Silver Reindeer, we learned about the story of Aslek and his brothers and sisters and elderly grandmother. We heard in that very first chapter about how Aslak's parents have both passed on, and he is now left with the task of trying to find and reconvene the herd of reindeer who have all dispersed. It sounds like the mayor and the priest of the town where Aslak lives does not have any faith in him to be able to save his family's herd of reindeer. But Aslak is persistent, and his grandmother has true faith in his abilities. So let's sit back and listen to chapter two and see where this journey takes us next. It was a winter to break a man's heart, as well as a boy's. Again, ice sheeted the snow, and the deer struggled to reach the moss far beneath. With their heads deep in the drifts, they were helpless victims of stealthy lynx and wily wolverines. Watch must be kept day and night, so Aslak and Mirja took turns with small journey and sharp-eyed Pirka. Throughout the long, dark, cruel winter, the mayor's doubt gnawed at Aslak. Was he really man enough to keep his family and herd together? Did the mayor and the elders have no reason for faith in him? Or was their real concern not the survival of five children, a simple man and an old woman, but the fate of the silver-coated reindeer? Was someone scheming to take the herd away from him? Grandmother grew weaker and wondered aloud if she would live to see the sun shine once more. One night she woke Aslak and said, I have had a dream, and you must take me on a journey at once. I must go to the camp of Kusima, the witch wizard, for I dream that he will help you keep your herd when I am gone. I know someone is scheming against you and plans to take your herd away. Aslak was frightened to hear of her confirming his own worries. Was it the mayor making good his threat to talk good sense into old grandmother about selling the herd? Or was it the pastor exhorting one of his fellow parishioners vigorously about the sternness of God and urging her to stay within the reach of the church? Or was it the teacher convincing her that her grandchildren should be safe and educated in a school? Aslak was curious about grandmother's dream. While he didn't really believe in wizards and drums, he could not spurn any way of keeping the herd and his family together. Aslak wrapped grandmother in furs and tucked her into a sledge, tying it behind Fleet One. A buck broken to sledge pulling, but swift enough for racing. He put on his skis, and they raced through the forest, surprising deer and beasts of prey alike, until they came to a frozen lake. Old Grandmother told him which stars to sight, 
and on what far shore of the great lake he would find the tent of the wizard. The bitter wind froze silver tears on his cheeks, but Aslak did not falter, nor did Fleet One. In three rushing hours, silent except for the howl of distant wolves, they reached the Kakta of the wizard, and Grandmother called out her need of him. Up through the smoke hole of the Kakta flew a snowy owl, who stared in silence at the night visitors. The deerskin door flap parted to allow a pure white dog to come outside and glare at them. Then the owl hooted once and the dog barked twice, and from inside came the words, Enter you who seek the wisdom of the wizard. Aslak took grandmother in his arms and carried her inside. But he waited until the wizard pointed to a place on the reindeer skins by the hearth before he set her down. Then the wizard threw a handful of twigs to brighten the fire while he seemed to study their faces. Aslak saw the oldest man with the youngest eyes. His hair was white as silver as ice but his smile was as kind as summer. You are troubled, old friend, he said to the woman. Tell me what knowledge you seek. Sorrow and woe and misfortune have been the lot of my son and now my grandson. It is beyond bad luck and bad weather, for others have not suffered in these years as we have. Tell me, O oh wizard, what evil spell has been cast over the family of the great Jorni Maga? Who has cast it, and how can the spell be broken? The wizard took up his magic drum, and Aslak watched in fascination. When the church had warned against the drums, many were burned and destroyed. But here one was, with symbols for reindeer and mountains and rivers and bears, and gods, and storms, and floods, and fires, and herbs, and health, evil, and death, all etched on its taut old skin. As the wizard tossed a toe-bone of a deer on the drum and began tapping, he closed his eyes. With a start, Aslak recognized the wizard, of course, he was really blind Kusima, who wandered to the winter fairs and about the summer camps, singing old verses or making up a joik, fresh words about new events sung to a familiar tune. He was a minstrel who brought news and knew everything. Or was he a scoundrel, pretending to be blind, and letting people feed and care for him. Could he really see his way under his downcast lids? Is that how he could roam unerringly from camp to camp? Once out of sight, he probably strode wide-eyed and far-seeing. Aslak stirred uncomfortably. He had just made a three-hour journey to see a wizard who was no more than a pretender,
Is that really what he had just done? Kusima opened his eyes and seemed to look right through Aslak. I see before me a boy who does not believe in the magic of the drum, because he does not believe in me. He thinks because he sees me wide-eyed by my hearth that I am not blind. But let him learn that the brightest eye can be unseeing, for it is the spirit within us that sees all. Kusima closed his eyes again and tapped the drum. And while the toe-bone danced across the cymbals, Aslak watched in wonder. The bone stopped by the reindeer and then skipped to the mountains and circled the symbol for evil, while the wizard, without looking down once at the dance of the bone on the drum, chanted, Reindeer you seek were parted from you on the journey and led to a different winter ground. And beware, oh beware, the man who returns them to you. At these words, Aslak felt a strange chill of fear, for although he had faith in his own knowledge and strength, who does not fear the unknown? Could he succeed in saving his family and his dear against the forces beyond his control? Was he unwise to even try? While Aslak made himself stop trembling, the wizard ceased his chant, but swayed in rhythm to his tapping. The owl silently dropped to his shoulder, and the dog suddenly appeared at his side. The only sounds were the whip of the wind around the cockta, the snap of the twigs on the fire, and the tip-tip-tap, tuppy-tap-tap-tip-tup of the drum. Aslak felt the wizard was not there inside himself at all, and he saw that Grandmother, too, was nodding and swaying her dark eyes unseeing. For a long time it was thus, while Aslak found he could not reason out his fears or his beliefs. It was as if he had tried to keep his mind shut against some power that pried and pulled to reach inside his mind. Then the wizard's fingers suddenly whirred across the drum. The owl hooted, the dog barked. The wizard moved and stirred the fire, and Grandmother held out her hands to its warmth. Gusima turned his bright, blind eyes to Aslak. Listen well, for when you reach your home tonight, there will be only you alive to tell the tale. A terrible tremor of fright shook Aslak, but Kusima kept on, as if haste were now important. There is a man who wishes to harm you because you have the goods and wealth of the great Juni Maga. It is his second son, your uncle, Pyra, who hearing from afar of his father's death, returns to claim an inheritance. He has upon him some sign, he says, will prove great Juni left all to him. So it falls upon you, Aslak son of Tur, grandson of great Juni, to disprove him. 
you must find the true sign for yourself, so you may keep your grandfather's gold of the river Karasoki and the silver-coated reindeer, and with them care for your younger brothers and sisters. You must stand firm, but run fast. You must visit old places, but seek new trails. You must reach the cave of the great hunters in the mountain of the eagle's head before your enemy. And now, already time is rushing past you like the wind. You must return and rescue your brothers and sisters before it is too late. Grandmother, stay here with the wizard, Aslak begged, unwilling to take her to her death. Let me send a band of strong men to bring you back tomorrow. I care not about tomorrow, said Grandmother. Only that you, who are the image of the great Yurni himself, shall break the spell put upon you by my deluded son, Pyra. You have courage. You must please use it. By the dimming firelight, the owl and the dog and the wizard slept, and on the magic drum, the toe-bone of the deer rested on the symbol of the mountains. Aslak carried his grandmother to the sledge, and they fled across the frozen lake and into the forest. <laughs>